You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pogues, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Chapman. I am currently here. That is awesome. I'm glad you are here. And this ice glass you're hearing, it is not scotch that I'm drinking in honor of Tony Stark. Uh, It's actually water. Or you could have said it was apple juice, so at least it looked like scotch or something. (laughs) Yeah, that's the adult answer to that question. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And... By the way, if I was drinking apple juice, it would be out of a juice box. Thank you very much. <laughs> Straw included. Uh, <laughs> but as you heard, I'm not alone. We are. Uh, we have a. We have a. a comp, uh, <laughs> what's this Cody? Baby? <laughs> wow. <laughs> doing podcasts. That would be awesome, man. We would be doing great if that. <laughs> we, we would be doing. You know, we should just change our name to Comedy Bang Bang. We would be higher on the charts. <laughs> Hi, I'm Scott Ackerman. <laughs> Not I, I have a not another origin story all-star Christopher Arneson Ooh. who joined us during our fantastic four month of hell. Man, when did I get the all-star rating? <laughs> That's great. By being on this podcast more than once, you get the all-star rating. All right. <laughs> you were also uh, Judge Dredd, right? I was also for Judge Dredd. It's true. Yeah. So yeah. you you are you are a now a three time. Yeah. That's the bar, right? I think I think it's I think it's three. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. After you've done two shows, your next show you become an all star. So so we got Mike and we've got Sarah and we've got Chris are our all stars. Wait, yeah, but... Sarah's only done two. She needs to do one more to become. Oh. I'm gonna have to go Spider Man kiss her later, before, or she'll be mad. Is that what you guys do? It's like I don't want to talk about it. Oh. So we watched Iron Man. He never did kiss her, guys. Oh. It's a real letdown. I was at the wedding. I can't recall a time when she did. <laughs> I did repel in the wedding upside down. Yeah, that was and cool. <laughs> wearing a mask. Yeah, the banner across the banner. <laughs> Probably why we almost forgot to give her the ring. I did. I did. Uh, Iron Man. Yeah, I- this is this is gonna be. A fun show. Thanks for inviting me to a good movie, guys. Yeah. Well, well, last time you were on for was was the uh... <laughs> for Judge Dredd, the bad one, which is the Rob Schneider piece, uh, the Rob Schneider blockbuster. <laughs> Where's my spaghetti? Is it in this robot? <laughs> yeah, movie. recycled food. Good for um, the environment. Okay for you. And before that was uh, Rise of the Silver Surfer, which we all agreed was potentially the worst of the four Fantastic Four movies. That was... Not even really a movie. Yeah, barely. <laughs> I sort of a series of events. I don't know if we ever talked about it, but I I follow a, a novelty Doctor Doom Instagram. Yeah. Um, and that he put they just post a, a picture of Doctor Doom, and then like uh, I'm just hashtags and stuff but he had one where he stole the board from silver surfer and yeah i was like oh that actually happened in a comic once but uh, i don't know uh, I don't yeah know. it wasn't just the insane like want like wandering mind of a bad director it, yeah. isn't the one where the writer and director was the same person i think it was oh, man. i don't know was that the one where the guy's name was like tim story it doesn't matter director i just i still just can't believe how unbearable uh johnny storm is and, and now we all love him and now we all love him <laughs> yeah he transitioned really well yeah. i always loved chris that's, Evans. that's like actor puberty like we all thought he was yeah. super annoying and obnoxious and kind of clunky and now we're like fawning over him as a, as, as a country now he's dating jenny slate now he's more popular than donald trump wow i, can... <laughs> I wish he would run for president <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be great i mean oh. hell would it like would an actor who has no interest in politics be any worse than uh Please vote Evans Gosling 2016. Oh my god. Let's do it, guys. <laughs> we can make this happen. With how many people listen to this podcast, we're going to change uh, Washington. Change I'm going to write Washington. that fanfic when I get home. Oh my god. But I'll send you a link. Uh, but speaking of, of much-needed change, 
as we talked about in the mini episode, Iron Man 2008 was a huge deal in comic book movies because it transformed what was a failing genre. This was like the Nintendo like uh, oversaturation period for the movie for the movie industry, the superhero movie industry. You know, yeah. when like, Nintendo had too many, or like video games had too many consoles and too many games. Wait, so then is this what 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 console is this? Movie? This is the Nintendo. This is this is this brought it back to 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 refined games that people still talk about. Yeah, like they had Marvel is is Nintendo being like you can't publish that on our console. And Atari and Atari was like everything that yeah. the Fantastic Four. It was, was like the first good one in like four years. I really Shouldn't don't... it be more like it was like Nintendo? Like Nintendo was the old ones, and then this was like the PlayStation. <laughs> I, no. I, I have it in my contract that we do not overanalyze my bits. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. That's my fault. I forgot. I did not. I forgot about that writer. It was certainly better than. I mean, I think you guys in the Minnesota you talked about all the really terrible comic movies that come out before that. I mean, really, it's a stark comparison. Oh. Oh. Uh, oh. 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 High five. I need a sound effect. I need a sound effect. Right. We're just gonna high five a lot. That well, high five. The Whatever. sound effect should be Chris getting up and leaving for this <laughs> joke. But as a quick reminder, if you're not aware uh, of the context that we're talking about, we are seriously talking about a lead up of films coming off of uh, coming off of of, of uh, Batman Begins that include Fantastic Four, uh, V for Vendetta, X Men: The Last Stand. Of- wait, wait. Why are we saying that V for Vendetta was uh, a movie? I, I, true. That one was fine. <laughs> My super ex-girlfriend is in here for some reason. That's... Spider-Man 3, Rise of the Silver Surfer, Ghost Rider, fucking Jumper, for fuck's sake. These were all leading up. Wait, Jumper's based on a comic book? It isn't. It is, I think. Is it? I I think it's based off a one-off. Are we going to have to do it at some point? Maybe. Do you guys know... I saw that movie in theaters, so... I never saw it. Do you guys know that... uh, uh, This is is a moment called uh, Unnecessary Tangent with Ben Chapman. Did you know that this movie made $222 million? Woo! That's, that's, that's too much money for Jumper. Anyway. Oh, Jumper. I thought you meant Iron Man. I was like, why is there too much money for Iron Man? They made $585 million, and every penny is earned. But $222 million of Jumper, why did we do that? As a nation, why did we do that? I didn't know that Iron Man, Dark Knight, and Punisher Warzone all came out in 2008. Can you believe that? Yeah, I cannot believe that. So, we are... Uh, we, Three great films. We are I setting up a Punisher context... Warzone. For a movie, I, agree. I want to set up a different context, which is what we know about Iron Man, or what our personal like relationship with Iron Man is. What is your? Let's how do you know Tony Stark? Let's get into. Let's it. get into it. Um, Welcome to not another origin story after dark. After dark. Ooh. <laughs> Don't zip these pants. Um, Don't turn do down the lights and let's talk Iron Man. <laughs> I mean, I, when I was growing up, uh, I did not. I was not allowed to buy comics. Uh, often, but I remember like we went to there was like a yard sale in like uh, our uh, apartment complex on base in Germany uh, in like the mid '80s, and this guy was selling like loose comics, you know, for real cheap. And so our parents let us all buy some, and my brother bought all these Iron Man comics. So I kind of associate Iron Man with my brother actually because oh wow yeah do you like your brother I do oh good then they're happy memories. They're good memories, yeah. Now, like, he, 
I I think I had bought a bunch of X Men comics, I believe. Um, but I mean, like, so Iron Man's like a childhood character that you got into because I have some he- characters that are like superheroes that I certainly knew about, yeah, but didn't like read content on until I was like a straight up adult. Yeah, I think the most comics I had as kids were Spider Man and or X Men. Yeah, and then same when all the shows came out. I think a lot of uh, people our age associate a lot of that. Uh, yeah, the, a lot, a lot of people. The cartoon, the Spider-Man cartoon. Yeah. There was a, there was a, there was a '90s Iron Man cartoon, but I'm pretty uh, sure I made it one season. There was a '60s Not, Iron yeah. Man. Yeah, I there's been a, a lot of failed attempts at making Iron Man cartoons. If you haven't heard the '60s Iron Man intro song, you should look it up because it's fucking fantastic, and it makes an appearance in this movie. I was gonna say, did you know it was in the movie? I did. Yeah. Uh, so I brought it up because I'm 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 a, I'm a good goddamn co-host. Folks, we talked about this. Oh, right. I'm not supposed to analyze anything you say. <laughs> I remember I remember going to this movie and being like, I hope it's as good as Daredevil because I didn't have a lot of hope for right comic movies at that point. Yeah. Oh, that's a weird movie that you said you hope it's as good as Daredevil. Yeah. I mean, of I, all the films that came out, that movie's garbage. Wasn't shooting the bar very high, Pogues. No. Uh, but that's not even a bar. That's like <laughs> that's you're just, just laying on the ground at that point. That's below ground. That's plumbing. Plumbing. <laughs> <laughs> but Spider-Man Three came out in 2008. Oh God! I Jeff, still rather watch Spider-Man Three than Daredevil. I cannot wait to do that movie. But you also during we watched this movie together, mm-hmm. uh, and you actually knew a lot about current Iron Man storyline and some of his core storyline plots with his alcoholism and War Machine taking over. You really got a pretty good feel on the Iron Man character. Yeah, so like I thought that this, I was really surprised that this movie pulled a lot. I thought they were gonna do more of the, the like the demon in a bottle stuff where he gets he gets like shit faced drunk right. and then War Machine takes over. Uh, but they just kind of tease him in the first one, and then they that actor gets replaced with. Uh, um, I think I heard that he asked for more money. And Terrence Marvel's Howard. Like, oh, they, Terrence they, Howard. They yeah. ask him to take a pay cut for the next film. Oh, but, yeah, that's different. That. that is different. And they hired Don Cheadle, who went on to be in like seven very popular films and probably got paid quite a bit. So, I guess paid. though Terrence Howard went on to uh, Empire, so it worked out for him. Yeah, Empire is pretty fantastic. Yeah. Um, but that uh, that's actually a good lead-in because. I can't believe how much this movie tied itself to the actual original concept of Iron Man. Like, it's insane. Yeah. And now, like, they're kind of, like, you can tell that Disney and Marvel are, like, trying to tie their movies up uh, with, like, core stuff. Because in uh, Civil War, um, War Machine gets crippled. But in Civil War Two, the book, a spoiler alert, it's in the first issue. And you probably saw it in an article on Facebook by now. <laughs> but uh, he dies. Uh, because he's got a close connection with uh, Carol Danvers, and obviously he's a very good friend of Tony Stark's, so that's the the linchpin they needed for um, to start another to basically create the plot point for that whole book. But yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, like uh, I I was surprised like how much they they had like utilized and like stayed really close. Ben pointed out that the story that him getting captured and stuff is actually, it's stunning. If you actually dig into the original, I, I read through a, uh, uh, a copy of the original, um, uh, Iron Man number one, which actually was actually tales, of, tales of suspense. Number 39, Iron Man is born, um, before he had his own series, uh, in it, Tony Stark, and you'll be amazed how much this lines up with the orig- origin plot in it. Tony Stark is in Vietnam, so a different country. Um, he steps on a landmine of Stark production. Isn't he in the military? 
Uh, he's like a, a consultant, kind of like like a military weapons consultant. Uh, okay. Uh, and, and so he's overlooking one of his plants, uh, and is like you know going out with the troops, and they get ambushed, and he gets uh, he steps on a landmine, it blows up, it sends shrapnel into his heart or into the area around his heart, and when he wakes up, he is under the uh, under the the capture of a Mandarin gang uh, uh, there in Vietnam, uh, specifically a guy named Wong Chu. Where he is then... Uh, oh, Tu Wong Chu, thanks for everything. <laughs> he is then trapped in a cave with a man named Yinsen, uh, or Jensen, if you've watched the movie. You can see what's going on here. Uh, who, yeah. who builds a... Who helps him use a car battery to keep the... I'm serious. This is, I'm not describing the film. I'm describing the comic. Uh, uh, to keep the shrapnel away from his heart. And then uh, helps him build an Iron Man suit that he uses to blow everything up and dies heroically uh, as Iron uh, as Tony Stark escapes. That is the opening of this movie with a modern take in a new country. That's the first. Yeah, movie. and he basically just wanted to update it because he said he didn't want to do a period film. Right, and that makes total sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, it... I'm blown away by that. That is so incredibly apt to do the one-to-one story yeah. not really polish it where it's not needed just touch it where you know to keep it like you said not a period piece and and just just do it and just drop rdj in the middle to be a, to be an amazing character actor and just deliver this performance i can't believe that that's that's fucking insane yeah they i mean a lot of the i mean even like obadiah stain is actually in the comics he's like tony stark's rival he huh? he runs like a, a separate company, but they just kind of merged them together to do the iron monger story. Um, there is also two, apparently I didn't know this. I, I saw this today when I was looking at a couple of things. Did you know there's a bunch of references to that terrorist group working for the Mandarin? Uh, well, the 10 rings is a reference for Mandarin. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. I, I, I never even that. realized that. So it's supposed to be as if the Mandarin is in charge, and then we later find out that the Mandarin's a joke. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Uh... So well, they made that fan, not fan film. Maybe they made that mini film that they put onto one of the Blu-rays or something that was him in prison, and that it hints that he's that the whole thing is again the, with the Mandarin in prison. Or yeah, it's they get Ben Kingsley to come back to oh, play wow. the Mandarin yeah. in prison. I think you just YouTube it. I think you just find yeah. it on there. But it's like it a whole. It's a whole thing of like. Where he's like not actually an actor, and you know, or they, they kind of reference something like that. I haven't actually watched it. I need to, um, because that was a huge disappointment in three. But I mean, yeah, it was a huge back disappointment that, because they like they build it up so well in that movie, and then to have it be like just kidding. Yeah, I was just like, oh, kind of wish you hadn't done that. He was like a villain that wasn't like I'm the Joker, like everyone else has been doing. Um, so we're pretty much in it, but let's just get all the way in it. Um, let's talk about this movie because it opens up. In this exact scenario from the comic book, uh, Tony Stark visiting a war-torn area where there is currently an active war in which his munitions are available. And yes. he's I, I got to say, I remember seeing this in theaters. And like that first like five minutes where he's in the car talking to everybody, I was just like, oh, my God, this movie's going to be like amazing. Yes. Like you can tell just from the start, he nails like a, the Tony Stark sort of – and they do hint at his, you know, having an alcohol problem because he's constantly drinking in the beginning. Uh, so, I mean, they, they hit some of those notes, but, I mean, he's just – Robert Downey Jr. is so perfect in this role. And he, and it, it feels like he's improvising half of the movie. Well, that's actually partially true. They didn't really? have a finished script when they started filming this movie. Because when he's – especially when he's, he's in that Humvee, it sounds like it's just RDJ. Appar- apparently they said that a lot of the dialogue when he's not in the costume – wasn't finished when they went into production 
because they had spent so much time working out all the action beats and setting up all that stuff to make sure it would work that a lot of like that stuff is they just let him go. They were just like, he would just, they, they would just set up a couple of cameras and film him doing stuff from different angles so they could cut it all together. And he would just do multiple takes just sort of making up lines. And they said uh, it was a kind of a problem because he would do it a lot with uh, the girl who plays Pepper Potts. I can't think of her name. Oh, oh, Helen, Helen, Helen Mirren. You Helen mean Helen Mirren? Helen Mirren. No. Gwyneth, She's great. Gwyneth she Paltrow. is great Gwyneth in this. Paltrow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she say. apparently had a hard time because he would constantly just ad lib while he was filming. And she's a notorious um, dumb person. I'm sorry. Not, she's not great. Yeah. I don't uh, love Gwyneth Paltrow, if that's not clear. Not a fan. I, I do not see her riffing very well with RDJ. I yeah. see her being no, annoyed with that. She has a big improv background. <laughs> yeah, she's not really you known for being classes. a part. Do you know Gwyneth Paltrow was a part of the Groundlings? That's a really interesting little song. Wow, man. <laughs> no wonder I don't go to school there. <laughs> but uh, but, but uh, we get into uh, kind of a weird thing uh, that I didn't kind of remember until I rewatched it, which is that the movie does the back and forth that uh, Dark Knight does. Like, we're in Afghanistan, and we're cruising, we're seeing Tony Stark showing off weapons and doing his thing, and then we go backwards, right? Yes. To to, to sort of, like, pre-this moment, and then we come back to it. Or something. Oh, yeah. yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah. That was a little odd. Yeah. Uh, I don't but I, detracting, but... Yeah, I thought it worked pretty well because, you know, it kind of – it opens up with sort of an action thing that sets the film up and then you sort of see – you know, I don't know if it would have worked as well if they had just started with him leaving a convention and trying to, you know, not accept an award and then having sex with a random Vanity Fair. It sounds solid to me. I enjoyed it. Uh, did it seem like Gwyneth Paltrow or Pepper Potts was a little unnecessarily harsh to the woman that uh, – oh, yeah. She was just annoyed, oh, you know? Real. She was really harsh to him, but I'm like uh... – they're two consenting adults. Maybe chill on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, she kind of... They're both technically sleeping around with she, each other. She so. was like, hey, I got your dry cleaning stuff. And then she was like, oh, you must be pepper pots. Like, so is this what you do? You know, like, she kind of, like, threw some shade oh, at Oh, that's her. true. Yeah. And then that's she a good was point. just like, yeah, well, you know, I'm just here to take the trash It out. is more of a return. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I guess they're good. both very bitchy, but I assumed that it was supposed to be sort of setting up the... This has been Shade Corner with Christopher Arnest. <laughs> That, that nice Pepper shade. Potts has feelings for Tony Stark was, I, I thought, sort of the assumption that they were trying to build there. Yeah, which... She didn't like his sleeping around, not because he was sleeping around, but because, like, you know, she liked him as more than a boss. Yeah, She's actually point. a character... I mean, I believe she dies eventually in the comics, but Spoiler. she, like... Yeah, in the comics. Uh, but she, like, <laughs> dates uh, Happy. Happy Hogan. Happy Hogan? Yeah, they actually get married. Who's yeah. in all three of these movies. And that they both them. die. Yeah. A, yeah, I believe they are. He directed the first two. Well, the minute you marry a non-essential character, you're just being like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to die now. Yeah. Like, Well, they got a divorce before they died. Right, wow. that's what I mean. Like, they were going to die? If you're a character... Yeah, like, right before he was like, I want a trial separation. <sighs> like, if you're married to a superhero in a comic book, and they're like, we need to get a divorce, you should be like, fuck, I'm so going to die. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm gonna be dead in like three issues to I make. Mean, maybe when, it's a Marvel thing. When sales are flagging, I am yeah. gonna get offed. <laughs> yeah, like in the first. Uh, if you're where they killed Goliath, and people were like, "Who's Goliath?" Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Goliath knew that was gonna happen. Yeah, well, there, he was like shit at black too. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as soon as he found out there was a war, he's like, "Oh, things aren't going good." It's like this a '90s horror movie stereotype yeah. unfortunately applied so. to that's why he was hanging out with uh cloak and dagger so much he was just hoping it was going to be cloak i actually read a really good article about that because there was an issue recently uh again because um because war machine died uh 
and there's an issue for um, the current Captain America, uh, who is Falcon or Sam, uh, right? Sam. Yeah, Sam uh, Wilson. Sam, yeah, and uh, so he reads a eulogy, and the writer who writes his book is uh, is black, so like he uses like you know like his. I, I, he basically writes something that's like very true to the tone of like you know these characters. Not enough of these characters are in the comics. They usually you know like yeah they they you know like I, I need to pick up that issue. I mean it's actually in the comics. Uh, Rhodes nobody even knows he's Iron Man for a long time because he takes over, so nobody will know that Tony Stark has an, is an alcoholic and he doesn't and nobody knows that it's not Tony Stark in the suit. Yeah, 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 you're right. Uh, and then he thinks he's getting a tumor from the suit because he's getting all these headaches. It's actually, if if you ever want to read it, the the run where he takes over is actually, like, really, really good. Is that Demon, or is it called Demon in a Bottle, or is that... The Demon in the Bottle is the story where Stark starts falling apart, and then I think it's at the end of that that Rhodes takes over, but there's, like, a good, I think, like, two years, maybe, where Rhodes is, is Iron Man. Yeah, I like Rhodes, the, I like Rhodes the, too. Like, the suit makes him sound like Tony Stark, so no one knows it's not him. I was, like, tearing up in the theater when I thought that they killed him. And yeah. then he was just, he was just, he was crippled, which sucks, but, yeah. like... That moment came out of, well, I mean, that moment was a surprise. Yeah. I was very surprised by that, because there was, um, he wasn't so not essential that it was, like, obvious he was gonna die. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> yeah. so much like when they shot, when they killed Quicksilver. And right. Like, oh, no, I mean, that, that guy. It has, like, I mean, it has a lot of heroes, but they're all... The, <laughs> Everyone's not. No one's really on the B team. They're all like yeah, in the movie. There's so. not enough of them. To right. Make a B team. Like in the yeah. comic book universe, you could just like pull in someone and be like, "Hey, remember me? I'm from the '70s. I was in yeah. Fort Collins. <laughs> <laughs> My name's the Owl. <laughs> oh no, the Owl's dead. I loved him, Carl. Are <laughs> you the Owl? <laughs> oh no, they killed Brother Voodoo. Was that a person? That sounds like wildly <laughs> racist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, Marvel's killing off all their old racist characters. Oh boy. Like speaking of which. Uh, go look at the first episode, or the first issue of this comic that I mentioned. Oh, yeah, I'm sure the Chinese... You gotta give the 60s a break, but their version of of what is gonna be the weird ISIS parallel in this movie is, is yeah, the uh, the Mandarin. It is some um, sharp, uh, sharp lines around the eyes, some some very uh, angled faces, like, like real caricature work. Asian portrayals in these comics. Like it's design. not. Do you think it's that's not why great. Marvel it's not great. refuses to cast uh, a, or Asian Americans or Asian uh, actors as Asian characters in their movies because they don't want people to Google Asian? It could Marvel. be <laughs> because if you find a copy of it, I mean, we're talking like we're talking real like propaganda poster. Like, I, was was funny. Say, I, I don't think there's a way you could make the Mandarin in a movie and not have everyone be like, oh. yes. I mean, he has a Fu Manchu like yeah. he's character Fu in Man fact Chu. i mean it's absurd every character all all three terrorists that show up in uh in the comic that a version of this all have fu manchus so yeah <laughs> i can only imagine too yeah. like during vietnam actually happening when they were writing that story but but in the film did it feel weird to you seeing like the ten rings uh i felt a super isis vibe which isn't the movie's fault 
But well, I mean, they were modeled after Al Qaeda, and there were certainly, yeah. yeah, there were certainly terrorist organizations that existed during that time and long before it. But like, I remember not thinking twice about just vague Middle Eastern terrorists uh, when this when I first watched this movie. But this time, I was like, oh boy, this this feels like a headier concept now. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's sort of depressing that you're like, all right, it's been eight years, and oh, that's still like right in the zeitgeist. Like nothing has changed. Yeah, that's you know, there's still. Right terrorist organizations kidnapping people yeah a middle east terror organization just roaming from town to town with stolen weapons just causing havoc and death and murder and you're like mm, mm. oh yeah i mean <laughs> that, it, that, that hits close to home and then like the refugees thing i was just like oh this is i'm not sure you know, like, <laughs> yeah, it was guys. remarkably there's not many of these movies that we've watched that have felt topical still this is one of the few ones that has and in a bummer of a way where you're just like oh i wish iron man was real of course, this one and Barbed Wire have felt very top. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, Barbed Wire, Second Civil American Civil War, it's coming, guys. Which takes place in 2016, oh, you know, I mean, when, when Trump gets elected. Texas yeah. was trending on Twitter, the Texas... The Texas exit? Yeah. I want to die. Yeah. I want to die. We're not talking I, about that. I know, I know. I just We're not talking about the, the Texas, but I, I, I'm mad saying it. Yeah. I'm mad, but in another way, you got to give those rednecks credit. That's better wordplay <laughs> than I ever thought they would get. Um... That's like, just reading between the lines. But one thing that I said in my roundup of the comic book oriented story was that the character he works with inside of the cave is Yinsen, or or his one word, Yinsen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this guy's name is like Yinsen, his last name. In, yeah. It, or may I have those reversed. Either way, they use the same name for his ally in the cave. They just changed it to fit the ethnicity change, which I thought was fucking kind of neat. Yeah, and, that, I did not know that. Did you think, though, it was kind of weird that, like, what was going on with their captivity? Like, they just had, like, a little apartment in there? Yeah. It's sort of weird that, like, they just, like, what did they capture Jensen for to begin with? Like, why did they keep him alive? He wasn't doing anything in there. In case they found Tony Stark and he needed an assistant? (laughs) I mean, he was a very, uh, a very good surgeon. Yeah. I guess so. Maybe that's why they kept him. Also, did you think that the American soldiers didn't get played off very well in this movie? What do you mean? Like, they straight up just die, like, so fast. I mean, they were ambushed. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it was just, I was like, oh, man, this is, they're going down fast. I know the driver gets out of the vehicle, and she, I think she gets shot before she even steps out of the... Yeah. Yeah. So. It's a brutal opening. I felt bad for the guy in the back who was super nervous. I mean, really, all of them, because they they humanize them They humanize them very well. And they're like, you know, they're just like, like nervous, you know, and they're like, just taking their jobs too seriously, and then... That scene was shot really well, because it's hard to see a director hold the restraint of not... Uh, cutting outside the vehicle to be like, oh, let's watch some of this. That's not the point, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. The camera stays either. in the car and it just pivots from window to window as bullets pepper it and explosions bounce the vehicle and there's like screams and there's blood and then he gets out and the, and again, you don't see combat, you don't see, oh, this is a cool fight, this is Saving Private Ryan. He yeah. just like runs out in the field terrified like it's a horror movie. The explosion goes off and like then his shirt is soaked very accurately with the, the way shrapnel would just like rip you apart. It's kind of brutal. It's certainly yeah, yeah. not what Michael Bay would have done. Right, exactly. It's very uh, Michael Bay as he flew backwards. There would have been like a camera pan around him in slow motion as he flew. The car would have done a complete. And it's weird. Would have turned into a robot. Would <laughs> turned into a robot and crushed him. Because this scene feels like with a Mountain Dew logo on it. <laughs> yeah. This scene feels like the scene out of, like, uh, an intelligent war movie. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. a, a war movie that's commentating on war. And then, maybe not, like, 20 minutes later, you know, Tony Stark is back home, and we have him 
building the, the actual Iron Man suit. And then he goes out on his first mission and it becomes this kicks ass. He's murdering everyone, which is sort of a total shift, if yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, it is. There's like a weird tonal shift because, like you said, the, the early part of the movie is still like so on point. And then, like, instantly he comes back and it's like sort of like they just kind of go straight to jokes. And then, yeah, when he goes to start fighting people, it is, you're just like, oh, I guess he solved the Middle East crisis. Yeah, he eviscerates <laughs> like 30 people, and we're, and we're all like, yeah! And then we're like, wait a minute, <laughs> I thought he was uh, against guns in war now. Also, I gotta say, Dude, whoever was driving that. that tank and shot a tank show at him and hit him, that dude is the best tanker ever. Because if you've ever played Battlefield 4, it is almost impossible to hit something in the air with a tank. And as everyone knows, the reference to military tactics is Battlefield 4. Yeah, I thought that was pretty clear, guys. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, uh, you know, play a video game that's kind of like the thing. You know, play Stardew Valley, and then you're yeah. a farmer now. I, I, I tried starting a farm in the back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a lot of turnips just okay. planted raw, I just, and it's not working. I like that. Uh, it's not working. Hey, I, we, we go back. I don't know. It sounds like you grew some turnips. I would like to talk about the little robot arm comic relief buddy, because he was the best. Oh, yeah. I'm not trying to jump ahead, actually. Just to, just to wrap up the cave... Um, the last thing I wanted to mention is 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 Google the original Iron Man suit because it looks identical to the one he built yeah, in the cave, which is also a, there's I have yet to encounter a superhero movie that has naturally and not weirdly worked in the character having their original suit, so to speak, and then getting their new suit. You know what I mean? Like Batman yeah. doesn't show up in like his original or like doesn't dress like Adam West in the beginning of the Batman Begins and then like gets swap. his new suit. Oh, yeah. You never see that. Yeah. You never, but this movie managed to pull it off, which I think is remarkable. I think Christian Bale wears like just a black. Yeah. When he first shows wears, up. Wears like repelling stuff. Yeah, but that doesn't count. Yeah. That doesn't fit. You're right. <laughs> That's Batman's original outfit. But to your point, we, we shift, we shift away from gross murder and Middle Eastern conflict to Quip, Quip and Stark. We'd call yeah, yeah. and shows up to do a press conference where yeah uh, he has everybody sit down while he eats Burger King. Yes. Which is sort of funny because, you know, the story of why uh, Robert Downey Jr. changed his life was he was in the back of his, his car and he had his driver go into a Burger King to get him some burgers. And he was eating him in the back of this car while he was, like, high on all these drugs. And all of a sudden he just realized, he's like, what am I doing with my life? And I'm sitting here eating these disgusting hamburgers at, like, 2 a.m. in the morning, high on Coke. And that's when he decided to stop doing drugs. So Burger King saved his life. Wow. We've all been there. By being not great. Thanks, Burger King. Uh, Now, remember, uh, go to Burger King. Get your new Cheetos filled with mac and cheese or something. I'm not sure what they are. (laughs) I just, I think it's funny, though, that they got the product placement where he's he's told that interview in multiple times that it was like because Burger King was disgusting, he basically changed his life. That's amazing. Yeah. He's all Burger King now. He was just like, you know, I'm I'm, I'm I'm a a famous actor. I can have it my way. Yeah. Uh... It doesn't have to be. I'm the king. <laughs> I'm the king. I'm have, the sneak king. I can have it my way. Well, I'm glad he turned himself around because we got do some you great think, movies. Do you think maybe that's like the like the maybe that's like the the the, the polished up version of that story? But and really, he was you know he was high and eating hamburgers, but he wasn't in his limo. He was like in, in like the slide into the ball pit, like kind of. Yeah, stuff. I assume <laughs> it was probably like he actually was like in the bathroom of the Burger King, shame eating them. There's think... like Robert, get out of the tube. No, <laughs> no, I want to be Iron Man. I want to be him. <laughs> I. I mean, what year was that? What year did that take place in? Like, had it happened in the 90s, right? Or maybe mid-90s. Mid-aughts? Kind of I think. Oh, okay. 
whenever I mean, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was sort of I think his first movie back after his. Oh, he was in. I, man, I forgot that because yeah. yeah, Shane Black does the third Iron Man movie. Yeah, yeah. How about that? That's a full circle for you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, something interesting about this movie as well is that this movie follows the rule that we've slowly been establishing through many episodes: is the thirty-minute rule. Um, if you have a regular, like, full-length uh, comic book movie, you gotta have, you gotta be almost to putting your character into the costume by thirty minutes, or you are wasting our time. Yeah. Uh, it is hard if it's like the third movie. But some of our best movies have fallen like under 25 minutes in time it takes to get to the actual person in the movie. And this movie nails it. Uh, like 28 minutes, we got Iron Man in Iron Man suit doing Iron Man stuff. So, nice job. We got Jarvis. We got Jarvis. As a robot. Which I, think, yeah. I, I can't remember if that's the first, because he's a human in the comics. We talked about it. They, they yeah. put him as a robot, as a computer in this movie, because... Batman was out, and they didn't want there to be a comparison between Alfred and Jarvis. I think it was a good call. I think it was a yeah. good too. I think Tony Stark with a butler would seem weird. And it's sort of that funny helps. that the, the yeah. guy who did it, Paul, I think his name's Paul Bettany, uh, he took the role as a favor to John Favre, and now he's the Vision. Like, he said, yeah. he said that when he did this first movie... He never read the script. He just read his lines. He did it in two hours. Like he did it for two days. He read all of his lines, and he got paid a bunch of money, and then that was it. He never even saw the movie. So he said he didn't even know what the movie was about. That's insane. He probably just thought, oh, voiceover. That's easier than being in it. I'll and he did it just that. because he was friends with John Farber. They had worked on a movie together, and he called him and said, hey, would you be the voice? I think you'd be a great voice. And he said, sure. That's that's stunning. <laughs> I mean, he does have yeah. a great voice. He does fit it, so it well. Works, yeah, it works perfect. And now he's in the universe. That's that's insane. Oh, yeah, yeah, and I mean, he's, yeah, I mean, he's going to be making killer money. And, children and men. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been in a lot of great stuff. No, we're talking about this, uh, this, the, the screenplay editors for this movie are, are, are pretty fucking solid. They wrote oh, Children right, of right. Men, uh, oh. Cowboys and Aliens, which wasn't like a great movie, but it's not a disaster. Uh, he wrote The Expanse, which is that sci-fi original. Um, oh, I think that show's really good. It's very good, yeah. I need to watch that. Um, either way, so so this 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 movie's got some really good talent behind it. Uh, accidental talent like like uh, Bettany coming in, it's kind of insane. And Artie J just walking into a role that he was born to play. Um, I remember when they announced the cast for it, and I was just like, Robert, what? Like, how, yeah, did you what? You just you cast the perfect Tony Stark. How did you do that? And then Gwyneth Paltrow, who I admitted earlier don't like mm-hmm. as a person or in most films, I totally dig her in this movie. I don't have any problem. I think she's all right. I mean, she doesn't do a whole lot. Right. I think Jeff Bridges is really good. Plus, I mean, Jeff Bridges is great in this. He movie. makes uh, writing a segue look at least reasonable. Yeah. I love his overreaction when they said they can't build the arc reactor, and he yells at that guy. Tony Stark built this in a cave! Everyone loves that speech. Oh my God, I love that so, so good. Yeah, like, nobody could deliver that. That would just be someone being like, oh, I'm going to say this and then storm off. Okay, I'll do that. But, but fucking Bridges is like, I want this to be remembered. He's a pretty menacing villain, too. And I remember yeah. thinking, like, because I was like, oh, and I definitely did this on purpose for, like, for people, because there was the, the the lead guy for the Ten Rings, and you're like, oh, that must be, like, he's probably just a, it's a, it's a red herring. That's um, he's gonna be the Mandarin in a few movies, maybe in the second movie at the time. I thought that, and then um, and then it just, nope, he gets killed. Uh, and like he's just like, uh, I mean, Obadiah uh, uh, 
Stain. Obadiah Stain. Stain yeah. yeah, it was menacing, dude. He was really terrifying. And what's kind of amazing is uh, they he went uh, – uh, uh, I don't know who made the call, but Bridges went bald to fit the character. Again, these are all choices they're making that no one's asking for because there isn't that much of an Iron Man fan group out there that's going to flip over cars because you don't cast no, there, I mean, I think there is, but I think the idea is most people were just like – at this point, like you said, it's the oversaturation right. and the oversaturation of not good. You know what I mean? Like, this is the era where you're just like the end of a bunch of trilogies with the shittiest of the trilogies. Yeah. And I think people probably were just like, who gives a shit? Do whatever. You know what I mean? And when they, they first announced this movie, I was like, ugh, I don't even care. You know what I mean? It, I wasn't like even excited. Yeah. Because um, I was just like, I just figured it was going to be another Daredevil. But, you know, I mean, this is Marvel's first financed movie. Side, yeah, I hoped it was going to be like another Daredevil. Side note on, on Obadiah, did you notice that he uh, he calls out his own character's name? Not some sort of iron monger. Yeah, me. he says, oh, he's talking about the ancestry of the company and he talks about we're iron mongers. It's what we do. Yeah, we're iron mongers. Uh, he so. says it just very casually. It fits totally normally. It doesn't sound weird, but I caught it and I was like, oh, that's that's a character. That's him. That's yeah, his I didn't character. even realize that. Yeah, he says it about, about like 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 30, 35 minutes in or something like that. It's pretty uh, it's pretty impressive. I think they did a great job because, I mean, he comes off as likable in the beginning. And you do yeah. feel like he's like just trying to look out for Tony. And then you realize, you know, he was involved and it blew up in his face because the terrorist happened to know that it was Tony Stark and all this stuff. So I, I thought the whole plot was good. The thing that in this movie that kind of bothered me that this time watching it was – the film starts off, like we said, it's, it's so super serious. It's got like a, you know, they handle all that material so well. And then it just goes into like hyper reality of him trying out the suits where like he gets thrown into a concrete wall. And he's just, just like, oh, he's fine. Yeah. Also him making a lot of bad, bad decisions. like uh... well, And like just bad jokes. Like, yeah, I can fly crap that, you know, they just put in so they could cut it into the trailer. Um, I don't know. I never really thought it was too cheesy there in the middle. I kind of like it. I specifically... Uh, the one beat that totally works for me is what is what Chris was bringing up earlier is his his little automated arm guy. He's yeah, that's using sidekick. So cute. And I think gonna, did you hear they're going to kill him in Civil War? No. <laughs> Army! <laughs> Army. Army. Yeah, does he even have a name? Uh, Chris just said it. Yeah, it's Army. It's uh, A A R M hyphen E. Yeah. But there's but there's two of them at least. Yeah, well, he's the main army. Yeah, there's also oh, okay. e and... <laughs> Arm G. Yeah, Army and Arm B. Yeah, Army, Arm G, Arm Z, and and Fire E, the uh, the extinguisher one. Oh yeah, yeah. Wasn't that him though again? Oh, yeah, that's 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 army. No, he's in his fiery suit. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like when you buy like the Batman, but you get like, the Batman spelunky. Oh. Make sure it's like one of those like <laughs> toys from the uh, from the nineties where like you kind of squeeze the legs and then the uh, like their bodies switch, you know, like their head turn spins around. Yeah. Uh, I'd like that they introduced uh, Coulson in this. Yeah, and Shield. This is Super the first Shield, right? Too. This is a big deal. You're just like, who's this guy following them around? I did well, not know who he was. I read too uh, in a little bit of the research I did today that. The original role was just called uh, – the character's name was just Agent, and he only had one scene, which is he shows up in the beginning and says he needs to talk to Tony Stark. Really? After he comes back, and that was it. Man. But when that guy got to, st- got to set and he talked to everybody, they realized like how good he worked with him. And they were like, well, let's just keep making him appear in the movie. Like he's just constantly there, and he'll be like kind of like a – you know, he'll end up being our agent to be used in these movies. Is It's sort of the – you know, we can bring him in way cheaper than we can bring in – Samuel L. Jackson. But now he's in a show. Yeah. 
And they, which, I wish they would bring him back in the movie. So this movie birthed a lot of things. I mean, it starts. Yeah, I mean, it creates Shield. It creates it's Shield. It creates two characters that become recurring. They introduce Sam Jackson, Jarvis, aka Jarvis Sentinel, uh, or Vision. Vision. Yeah, that's and then true. yeah, and then we get yeah we get Agent Coulson. They introduce Rhodes, and they make reference to him becoming War Machine. Right. And uh, damn, Sam Jackson is Nick Fury. This movie. Yeah. This movie built like what we're seeing now. Yeah. It's kind of stunning. And this movie has the like the awkward tie into the Incredible Hulk at the, at the end of the Incredible Hulk movie where Tony Stark shows up. Oh yeah, yep. Man, I really yep. wish. Although that movie had been. It was all right. I liked. The, I liked it better. Than I liked the, the, the. Yeah, I mean, it was certainly was better. We'll get, I guess you guys will get there eventually. Uh, um, this this movie uh, this movie got me uh, into staying behind after the credits. Which is something I had stopped doing. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like, what, yeah, Pirates of Caribbean. Yeah, I'm like, oh, the cool dog scene. <laughs> oh, monkeys took a coin out of the the treasure chest. This isn't over. <laughs> this is so Monkey will be left. back for one film that's a trailer for the next film. Yeah, this dog will be back as part of Shield. <laughs> <laughs> I just assume at the end of every movie, there's a chance Nick Fury is going to show up. So I just wait at the end of every film. Yeah, no matter what I see. I feel like they just got Sam to stick around and they just put him on some set pieces to just said some things. Like, maybe we'll put this character in here. We might need you for later. <laughs> um, and that was also like they decided to use uh, Ultimate's Nick Fury. Which yeah, they, they rep- colorblind cl- cast. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, didn't they have a... Isn't there a panel in Ultimate's where they joke about who would play them in the, mo- in the movie? About, about the... Uh, the yes. guy who drew... Nick Fury in Ultimates said when they released him, they said, boy, that guy looks a lot like Samuel L. Jackson. He said, I know, I drew him to look just like Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Like, the guy who created the, the that version of Nick Fury was like, no, he's Samuel L. Jackson. If they ever make a movie, he said they don't even have to try to cast it because it should just be Samuel L. Jackson. So it I was set up, and I like that they used him. You know, it's good to throw in another, you know, a non-white character especially since there's not a whole lot of them in, like, the Avengers and stuff. So I know there was people who were upset, but I was like, who would they have been anyways? Like, is there, like, a, a great white actor you were looking forward to having a bit role in a movie? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not like it's, like, that great of a role where they're... They would have gotten uh, Hassel, Hasselhoff, which is great, because yeah, he, he also has a burger experience oh, at his lowest point of his life. So. <laughs> That's true. That would have really united the two two actors. Man, it could have been great. <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, Google David Hasselhoff Burger, and you'll be enjoy. You'll have an enjoyable five minutes. This is after dark. This is, yeah, this has been a burger moment with Sarnson. <laughs> oh man, I had a burger for lunch. So I gotta ask: Do you think this movie introduced the Marvel superhero landing? <laughs> oh, Tony delivers a epic superhero landing. I don't know if it created it. But I think it definitely, like, the people in the trailer were like, oh, shit, this needs to be in every movie. Yeah, it made me want to get off, uh, to, to go run out and jump off my, my, my porch and just do a superhero landing. Just break your leg. <laughs> yeah, and, like, yeah. and my fist in the concrete. Yeah. <laughs> Ow! This, it was only two steps he jumped down. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't drink a lot of milk. He broke, like, nine bones. I broke my fingy! <laughs> <laughs> and his fingy. Oh, no, I broke my army, and not the robot I have. No, army! <laughs> So, uh, we're talking about, we talked about Obadiah earlier. Obadiah kills Isis in this movie. Do, we, do you guys want to be clear about that? Well, I think Isis is a little bigger than, like, 40 guys. Well, yeah. Obadiah that, dealt that with that them. That organization yeah. <laughs> was very confusing. Yeah. 
Because, like, at first there's, like, uh, this weird, like, dude who's in charge who just looks like some guy's dad. He also doesn't look like he's Middle Eastern, not to be, like, offensive, but he looks no, like... No, like, he just looks like some guy they found. He looks like he's from, like, Indonesia. Like, I just doesn't seem to... I don't know, whatever. But, but he uh, up... Well, they're supposed to be... This is supposed to be an international terrorist group. Oh, good point, yeah. He says they're speaking so Well, then get some white guys in there! <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> Marvel. Yeah, where are my white guys? This, this is satire. I'm gonna point that out. Right now. <laughs> oh, 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 maybe it is for you! No, no, I have to go. I have to leave now. But not since Die Hard, have we gotten a good white terrorist? It feels like Chris has been in an experience where he made a joke and somebody did not get it. <laughs> now he's just covering his bases everywhere he goes. That's every day. Guys, this is a joke. Whatever happened to Bruce Willis and Steven Seagal movies, where all the uh, all the all the terrorists were just white guys with accents? That's what. I'll tell you what happened. The Soviet Union fell. <laughs> yeah. I think, wait, is every villain in Die Hard white? Yeah. yeah. Wow, you're holy shit! You're right. Yeah, if they're all just doing German accents, or it's well, I didn't see the one in Russia, but I'm gonna go out on a limb and assume that it was a white person. Yeah, that <laughs> movie was so bad. Oh my god, that's not this movie. Oh, there is a Die Hard comic. So. Although my favorite line is uh, is is Jeremy Irons in 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 uh, Die Hard Three saying "Hook, Line, and Sinker." It's my favorite <laughs> line. It's not a great accent he's got going there. Sein. Unsinka. Um, so speaking of Iron Man, Iron Man. <laughs> um, uh, Obadiah gets the suit. Uh, how do you feel about the third act of this movie? The fight between Iron Man and Obadiah in his Iron Monger suit, even if he doesn't call it that. I haven't seen this movie. I think I only saw it in theaters. Maybe I've seen I, maybe it I watched twice. It, maybe yeah. Maybe I watched it on on the DVD uh, in 2009 um, or something. But uh, I. We were, I was like, I don't even need to watch the movie because I haven't seen it in such a long time. And I remember kind of dreading having to watch the last part of the movie because it's just action and it's not that interesting. Mm-hmm. But I had fun watching it. I don't know. Like I thought it was a pretty good fight scene. It was better than I remember it. You know, I kind of thought it'd be. I kind of remember being kind of dull, kind of silly. I, I do also remember like the, the the finale fight being a little forgettable. Uh-huh. Uh, mostly because a lot of superhero movies were doing this thing where like the third act was just the villain fighting a guy in the street where no it one... It was just the wrap-up. Yeah, it was always, like, dark, and there like was They no... were just like, well, we just have to kill this bad guy. And there's just one bad guy, and it's, like, he's got power somehow, and they just fight him. That happens like, in, like, most Marvel yeah. movies at the end. He loses until he tricks him, and then he loses a little bit more, and, and then, then he tricks him again. And then, he, and then, like, one thing they called upon earlier in the movie gets called upon again, and then they wrap it up. Yeah. yeah. It, it, a little, it was a little on, on the formula. Yeah, I felt that the the end is completely forgettable, and the very end where he dies because the arc reactor goes off, but even though it, like, hits Tony full bore and it just kind of goes near him, it kills him. I didn't exactly understand what happened at the it's end. It's a little vague. Uh, also, there's a lot of a lot of Pepper Potts just panicking and high heels. Yeah, also, I the, the scene where he's like, push the button, push the button, and the dude's trying to shoot at him with a rocket, and he's maybe, like, 20 feet away from him, and he fires a shot that is, like... 600 feet in the wrong direction yeah i'm like dude i don't care if you don't have an aiming feature not like there's no way you could be pointed that far away obadiah didn't have his contacts in yeah i just man, folks. <laughs> yeah well i just thought that i was like i was like wow, what a, a major dude. company he's, he's not, got a lot of his mind yeah he lives in california he doesn't live in texas he's got a lot of cigars to smoke on he's segment. an iron monger you fuckers he knows how to fire a gun good point a rocket gun Yes. I don't know. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call Huey on that one. That's Huey. 
Huey. I don't oh, know. you're not going to call a person you know named Huey? No, I'm going to call Huey. Hey, Huey! A I, thought lot... you, I thought you were calling Huey Lewis in the news to get his opinion. Yeah, I, I got to say, though, opinion. I, I, we, we missed an option for a great kill line here, folks. I mean, this was hey, a... What's that, ben? This is a perfect time for Tony Stark to say it's time to Obadiah and then kill Obadiah. I mean, it's perfect. Now, remember earlier when I said Chris should leave? Yeah. Uh, I think that torch has been passed. Oh, oh I should leave. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, you fucking punster. Obadiah. Oba yeah, I get it. I don't I saying it. it again isn't going to make it funny. Just put a hyphen in there. It's like his name is uh, It's like Obadiah. Yeah. And you know the expression you say all the time where you tell someone to open up? Yeah, that's I say that at least three times a week. Usually, uh, really, it's it's over time for you to die. Over die. Oh, let's workshop this off, off air. We'll okay. workshop. It's fine. Don't worry, about everybody. We'll, We're gonna workshop this. We'll just do it live now. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, everybody. They'll never be able to workshop it to make it work. So, can we edit this uh, episode later to be being funny? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you want to come back, with to you make it good. <laughs> this is the hard part of doing these movies, where I'm like, eh, my biggest complaint was I thought it was dumb. He flew into a wall. Like that's my biggest complaint I, with this movie. No, no, but this I is... didn't sort of like the over goofiness in the middle. Oh, Otherwise, complain. I think we should be very thankful that it finally. And I, I also sort of, I also sort of disagree. I, I kind of dug the the middle scenes where he's inventing and sort of like flying. I, mean, I like that part. I just didn't like the the like I, that him flying into the thing. I thought was dumb. The like scene of him sort of like flying around the room. It it, it just seemed to me I was just like yeah I got it. You know it, it just felt long to me this time around I guess. But I don't remember thinking that when I first saw it. I, those those little like a couple of the comedy beats I just thought fell kind of flat for me this time around. I kind of feel like it gave like because like I don't think Tony Stark or really like many of the Avengers were like huge pop culture icons, you know. Like I think like Spider Man, Captain America, probably their two biggest guys mm -hmm. at the time, and uh, Spider Man had three movies at that point. Uh, everyone in the world like knew who Spider-Man was. Like, I don't, I don't think people really knew a lot about Tony Stark. Yeah. And it kind of like, I think it kind of raised people's interest a lot. And also like this idea of tying all their movies together, which wasn't really a thing either, uh, had given like the general public a like pretty good idea of like, you know, of, or, of what the universe was set in, you know? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, when you do watch it, that's the thing that really comes off is, like we said, they introduce so much in one movie, and it doesn't feel, you know, if you guys listened to the, the mini episode me and Ben did last week for Gotham, our complaint is they try to introduce so much about the world, and it just becomes, like, ham-fisted. They're trying so hard. In this, they seamlessly introduce S.H.I.E.L.D. It doesn't feel like a gimmick. Yeah. They introduce, you know, characters that appear later. You know, even, I mean, like, there's, you know, it's sort of hammy when Rhodes is, like, next time, and you're like, oh, he's War Machine. But that's in every comic book movie, those sort yeah. of, like, nods for the fans. But even that's not even that egregious. Right. I think they just handle this one so well that you're, it's seamless. And I, I think that if this movie, I mean, you got to think, too, if this movie had been bad and it had tanked, there would be no MCU. They wouldn't yeah. have made anything yep. else. Because um, what follows this is obviously Iron Man 2, 
But you also get, uh, uh, excluding movies that would probably have been in production when this movie was being made, mm-hmm. um, or this movie was coming out, uh, movies that maybe like could have been like successors to it, actually having seen how Iron Man worked, you get things like a couple years, like three or four years after X Men First Class, uh, the first Captain America movie, the first Avengers movie, obviously. Uh, uh, I mean, like some good fucking movies come out. And, and, and establish the MCU as a functioning enterprise, which is still working. Like, guys, the MCU should have crumbled by now by any fucking superhero movie standards, considering how I many was, tankers have come out. I, I was worried that after Avengers 2, I was like, uh-oh. Because I was like, ooh, ooh, they just made the same movie again. They just yeah, made Avengers with yeah, a new yeah. villain. And I was like, that's not a good sign, but Civil War right. that is was, perfect. I think that was just Disney execs, Marvel execs, getting a little too invested in yes. it and like standing in the way of somebody like I, I it really felt like um they got too many studio notes yeah, yeah and it because i think he uh, joss whedon did joss talk about whedon, that a lot yeah he, he was like, a lot of pressure. He was like i got out of this but that's movie. Um, yeah that's yeah. a different different conversation one thing i did want to talk about before we, we we kind of wind down on iron man is the scene that i felt was so strange even now rewatching it which is when obadiah comes in to find um Pepper Potts on his computer. Yes. So Obadiah well, he's on Tony's, or she's on Tony's computer. Oh, okay. She, well, that actually changes things for me too. But it oh. seems I thought she was somehow for some reason in Obadiah's office. No, uh, she's in Tony's office. That makes sense. He had the hot rod screenshot. I see the and that's why. And Obadiah says Tony always gets the best stuff when he's smelling the alcohol because he came into his room. Oh, right, right. Now, hey, uh, yeah. don't you think Tony Stark went at something else as a screensaver than just that hot rod? I mean, it probably would have been. Yeah. Like, a cool babe. A cool babe. Yeah. Or at least on a, a hot rod. On that hot rod. I don't think... Uh... A picture he took of a woman he slept with on the hot rod. <laughs> you, before you leave. Possibly while sleeping with her. Before Pepper Potts throw some shade your way on the way out the door. I need you real quick. Pepper, I need a, I need a photographer. I need the best one in, uh, in the county. And then throw this bitch to the curb. No, no, no. no. He, she, he doesn't need a photographer. He has Cammy. His, his camera oh, yeah. Cammy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Cammy records a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, Cammy's the saddest of all the robots. But Obadiah comes in, uh, uh, and obviously he's suspicious of what Pepper's up to, and Pepper does the one thing that every teenage boy would have learned by the time they were 14, which is you can't just minimize what you're doing to a screensaver. That looks more suspicious. Because <laughs> are oh, you yeah. looking at your screensaver, Pepper? Yeah. Is that what you're doing in Tony's office at his computer? All they could have, I mean, all they needed <laughs> to do is like have her pretend to be reading the paper she had in her just, hands or just something. Just open up MySpace or something and yeah. just like browse it. Like, for fuck's sake. I do love too. like, alright, do you think that when he asked for the paper, right. do you think he's doing it because he thinks she hid something in it? Or do you think that like in the script they were like, no, Obadiah just really likes doing the jumble. I think Obadiah likes that jumble. He wants that jumble, baby. And I think he yells at that jumble a lot when he's in his office alone. Yeah. Like he sees that Tony did the jumble. Tony Stark could do this in a cave. Tony Stark did the word scramble in a cave. He did the whole Sudoku book I gave him. I can't figure out what this... Oh, it's voice. Never mind. Jesus. He's <laughs> trying to do that thing with Plato where you... <laughs> you rub it on the comics to like, like. Oh yeah, like a silly putty. You can't, yeah. yeah. can't make it work. <laughs> He's using Play-Doh. It's just me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's not Play-Doh. It's it's silly putty. I'm silly sorry. Putty. I'm just, so yeah, he's just right. in there like I don't get it. 
Give me a better city bike. Are those the funnies? Are those the funnies you got there? I was like, I want to see what Marmaduke <laughs> I need to check my horoscope. Now I think Tony Stark invented Silly Putty. I think that's what I've, I've stumbled onto here. So I just on. want to picture that every time Obadiah comes up against a challenge, oh. he just yells about how Tony Stark was able to do it in a cave. Yeah, yeah. Like he goes to Starbucks and they fuck up his order. Tony Stark made coffee in a cave! And throws it at someone. <laughs> I don't know what any of that means, sir! <laughs> you mean Iron Man? <laughs> Haven't you died yet? Oh my god. Uh, so, so... Like, final thoughts, Iron Man, go rewatch it, because they figured out how to make a superhero movie in 2008. Yeah. This movie automatically jumps to the list of, of the top for me. For the yeah, it gets up there for me, so, too. Yeah, I don't want to list the whole thing again, because that's... No, no. Uh, but I can say that the last five movies we've watched almost all fall to the bottom, and this one rises to the well, top. Well, I assume that on your list it goes Iron Man barbed wire. Uh, it's barbed wire... <laughs> it's barbed wire... Barbed wire Judge Dredd, AVP... Ghost Rider. The Phantom. Oh, wait. What do you mean, which AVP? We watched Predator. We have not watched Predator, but that one doesn't count. Oh, no. No, it's not based on a comic. It's not a comic. Yeah, the property is, though. Yeah, but I don't think we can count that. We'll we'll see. Maybe if we run out of movies, we'll go into... Well, after after we get uh, help unlocked in this cage with Cage, our podcast about watching Nicolas Cage movies. I keep changing the title. (laughs) Yeah, well, I force Ben to watch them because I only pick the bad ones. It's not like I'm like, let's watch, you know, The Rock. I'm like, let's watch uh, Outcast, the movie he's in with uh, Hayden Christensen. Let's watch Vampire's Kiss. Oh, boy. (laughs) I think it's Vampire's Kiss. There's a... Let's watch one of nine movies where his daughter's kidnapped. I feel bad for him because he's in Ghost Rider. Uh... <laughs> like he got like kidnapped in a Ghost Rider. <laughs> yeah, it's not like he was forced by gunfight. He wanted to be in it for sure. Oh yeah, well, I mean, he also wanted to be Superman. I remember, I remember. Um, there was a, there was a rumored special feature on the Blu-ray for two because in the in in uh. Ghost Rider 2, he, uh, oh, he wore makeup. face paint and yeah. makeup and stuff, and he had he had onks and stuff and the, sewn to the inside of his jacket so he could get into character. Yeah, he wore, like, he wore, like, voodoo face paint. Yeah. And there was a rumored non-CGI edition of that movie. I need to see it. Yeah. I need to see it. Anyway, anyway, I didn't put it on it. We're talking about a lot of non-Iron Man movies. I know, it's I know, so I know. hard not you, to, You though. can edit this out. It's hard not to because it's just like, what do you want to talk about? How What, yeah. what other scene you really I liked in Iron Man? I this movie. Uh, so yeah, to, to, to bring those final notes, uh, Iron Man figured out how to not betray the actual, even kind of non-standard origin story. You know, a lot of origin stories are like my dad died, this person I loved died. This they one was very different. Very, they don't get very around unique. Uh, his parents' death until right. way later. And they get into all the specifics. They nail them without it feeling odd because I think most of us saw this movie not really knowing that origin story. I really, uh, I really like that they wrap a lot of it up too into like the actual media that the world would have captured his life in, you know? Yeah, I like, love when movies had, do that. Yeah, and they had that like award ceremony and stuff. It was like a perfect way to do that. They had all these like fake time covers and stuff. It feels like a universe exists before Tony Stark walks into a room. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is good, good movie construction, it, world building. Yeah, world building, and and uh, all the characters in it like function. Uh, they don't, they don't bend them into weird like, like. Hollywood versions of those characters too yeah. much. Uh, 
and they all are characterized. And like you said earlier, like even like the the Marines in like the vehicle or the Army guys in the vehicle are char- are humanized, and they have some character to each individual one. And like it just it's good it's good screenwriting, it's good filmmaking, it's good action sequences more or less, and it's beautiful ad- adaptation. I mean, you really uh, can't yeah. do much better than it. I forgot Jensen died. And when he died, oh, I, I was sad. Yeah, he dies in the, dies in the comic, too. They, yeah. they didn't yeah. watch that one. I'm not sure if I'm sad about the comic one. Yeah, that, that racist Asian caricature yeah. wearing, wearing a robe and having a Fu Manchu sure dies. He looks like... Does, is he, does he have a uh, like a rice paddy hat? He does, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh, guys, my joke just became sad truth. Yeah. Sad truth. Hey, you could write for the 70s. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> travel back in time and be super racist. <laughs> Oh, boys. Well, uh, yeah, that does it for Iron Man, I feel. Yeah, I think we've covered it. Uh, If you would like to leave a comment about what you think about this, or if you listen to our mini-episode about Gotham, you can leave it at facebook.com slash naospod, and me and Ben will read it on the next episode, the mini-episode. You can tweet at the podcast at naospod, or you can tweet at Ben at the Disco Pony, me at It's Pogues, and Chris at I don't remember what you're... It is at Chip Snackerson. I, yeah, I remembered it was Chip something. I couldn't remember the end. Yeah, so there you go. Write to us. Let us know. We'll read them on here. And uh, we'll see you next week for the mini episode. It's Obadiah. Ober- you get it though? No.